Thank you for tuning in to the podcast ministry of Broad Street United Methodist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. We offer our sermons here as a resource, a conversation starter, and a guide towards the life that Jesus calls us to. Join us weekly for a sermon from the clergy and visit us online at broadstreetumc.org for more information. Let's tune in to today's sermon. able to stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. Today's reading is from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3 and 8 through 16. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith, We understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he received power of procreation, even though he was too old and Sarah herself was barren because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. The word of God for all the world. Thanks be to God. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. I tend to get those over in my mind the hope for is the not yet seen the assurance and the conviction although it's one of the most familiar passages of scripture to to us to people of faith Uh, to my mind uh, 
the author of Hebrews is talking about two components of faith. There is uh, the what we've known, what we've experienced, and, and that which is yet to come, that which we need ahead. He's speaking of the, the faith that we know. And then there's the faith of unknowing. The first part is the portion that has blessed us, that, that we have known and experienced. The second comes in the midst of great challenges, even horrors, things we have not yet met. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, conviction of things not yet seen. When I think of um, iconic uh, homes um, around the world, across Europe, there are any number of castles that uh, come to mind to us. There's uh, Versailles in France, there's Buckingham Palace in England, and in the United States, it seems to me the, the most iconic of homes is one that is, it is um, in comparison to those quite modest, and yet it is something extraordinary. Uh, it has a name, it's called Falling Water. It was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright back in the 1930s. And I, I know if, if you have, have, can't quite bring it to mind, you've, you've seen a picture of it. It is a house that, that floats out over waterfalls in the, the backwoods of Pennsylvania. There are layers of this house that, that seem to just hover up above the water and become part of the waterfall uh, themselves. It is a startling sight. Uh, if you imagine a seven-layer cake that has a vanilla frosting on the outside, and, and, and then you take away every other layer, that which remains is, is just floating there, seemingly unsupported in the house. And it, those layers are made of concrete, and, and they cantilever out at incredible distances, it seem to just hover in the air. Part of the, the balcony of the house, some 60 foot by 80 foot, has no supports under it. It just cantilevers out from the house itself. And it has a timeless quality to it. It looks as if it could have been built last year, anytime, uh, over the last decades of, of the last century. That gigantic balcony, some 60 foot by 80 foot, that extends out over the waterfall, has enough concrete in it to, to amount to some 20 tons of weight floating there. And if you can imagine back in the 1930s when it had been built, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of wheelbarrows of concrete being taken out. And uh, apparently the way it was built is uh, uh, almost a, a, a bamboo forest in appearance of four by fours that are stuck all out into the water, all cross-braced together to be able to hold the scaffolding and to hold the, the forms onto which the concrete would be poured onto. And after 30 days, after the time of curing for the concrete to set up, the architect, Frank Lloyd Wright, is said to have come to the job site to inspect it and to have told the, the, the 
the person who was responsible for the construction that uh, it was okay to take all of the bracing out, all of the supports underneath that tremendous cantilever. Frank Lloyd Wright went on up into the house and began to look inside there, large spans up to 60 feet with no interior supports. And then as he came back down later, he saw that none of the supports had been knocked out from underneath this, this cantilever of this balcony. He, he told the foreman, um, I shared before, it's okay to take out the, all of the support um, posts now. And uh, the foreman said, well, sir, the workers are kind of afraid to take all of those supports out. They're not sure that all of that weight is going to be held up. And he said to the foreman, well, you do it. And the foreman said, well, well sir, I'm kind of afraid myself as well. And so the story is that Frank Lloyd Wright said, give me a sledgehammer. And this little man, five foot four, began knocking out all the support posts underneath this tremendous canopy of 20 tons of concrete above him. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. You know, in that example for Frank Lloyd Wright, he, he knew uh, what it was supposed to do. He was assured in, in the design. He did the calculations. He did the engineering, although it looked impossible and, and not, looked, uh, not like anything that anyone had ever seen before in terms of possibility. It was possible for him. And he acted upon the faith that he had. It's an example of the two parts of faith that I believe that the author of Hebrews is talking about. There's the part that, that we've experienced. That the, there's the part that we can almost expect of God because of what we have gone through in our life. The assurance of things hoped for. And though to others, those who are not a part of the family of faith, it, it may seem unbelievable. But for us, there is a certainty. There is an assurance that's there. But then there's the other side of faith. The conviction of things we haven't yet seen. You know, the front side there is the confidence that, that we have from experience. And the second, there is a, a reassuring that's needed, a, a realigning of our faith as it begins to, to give out, a returning in times when we've wondered if, if God would be able to help us in those situations. The first part of faith is what was and, and what is that we know. The other part is that which is yet to come. You could compare it to metaphors in the Bible. The first part of faith is, is, is like having gone through the Red Sea, having that one night of this um, amazingly terrifying and wonderful experience of, of knowing that God has brought us through. The, the second part of faith is like the 40 years in the, in the desert. There is the knowledge, there is the experience of knowing what God has brought us through, and yet... There's another part in which we are still to gain, still to learn, still to experience. It's like 
The first part is uh, flying in a plane. It's an impossible thing, but it's happening. The second part is like flying to Mars. There's the exhilaration and the faith that we have, have known from God. And then there's the faith that we're to pray for that is still to come. A faith that requires our very lives. Moments when our faith and what we're able to believe gives out. Kind of a desperation, a feeling, a crying out to God of, Lord, if I'm going to put my life on the line, I have to know you're here for me, that, that you're putting your life on the line too. And, and being reminded God has and still is. The author of Hebrews reminds us of the story of Abraham and Sarah and the, the various challenges in which they are facing that no one has faced before them. God gives them two great promises. One is, is progeny. <laughs> These 80-year-olds are going to have children, and they're going to have as many children as there are stars in the sky. Count them, they're told by God. And the other thing that they're promised is land, the, the place that I'm going to show you. And it's surprising that the, the most outlandish of promises is the one that they get. As they are traveling down to uh, the area we know and identify as Palestine, uh, to, to him, to Sarah, uh, uh, to Sarah and to Abraham, it is um, Salem. And they just slide through like it's an ice slick, not quite recognizing what is there and slide right on down to, to Egypt where they get themselves into trouble again and again and again. This unknowing, this trusting and learning to trust God again and again happens in the story. There's a first part of faith that we know and experience, and it can lead us into misnomers for the second part. We can think because of what God has, is doing for us and has done for us in the past that God will grant all of our wishes that, that we have now and ahead. And then there are times we see we're not getting an answer. It's not what we expect. Or it's not coming in the time that we seek. We can get the misnomer that uh, if, I, uh, if I don't get what I ask God for, it must be because I am not strong enough in my faith. Maybe it's uh, an important job, a, a loving relationship that passes us by. And then there's the other misnomer that uh, since I'm a person of great faith and, and since God has, has been so strong at work in me and in my prayers in the past that God will give me whatever I want ahead. And then they don't happen. It makes us wonder about our faith. For Abraham and for Sarah, you know, at the end of their lives, they did not have the land that was promised to them. They found their way back finally to Palestine, and the only land that they owned was a, a burial plot that Abraham and Sarah purchased. 
Having faith does not grant us protection against challenges. Having God by our side doesn't allow us to be able to achieve anything and everything that is before us. But the author of Hebrews shares in that 11th chapter of Hebrews that great roll call of faith of Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Joseph and on and on. Those two who were promised something great in God still came to the end of their lives not yet receiving all that was promised. Some of what is promised is still to come in the life to come and eternity ahead. There are times when their faith had faltered and come to its limits, like the far reaches of the farthest. And yet the author tells us they look forward to the city that has foundations whose architect and builder is God. I believe the moral of the story is that just when we get to the point in our lives, to the point of our highest hopes and our farthest of our faith, and the time we feel like giving up, we are reassured because God comes in and God's faith in us fills all of the gaps. The assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not yet seen. And yet they come. Let me share a prayer for you. Lord of faithful presence with us and for us, with us through better or worse, your faithfulness endures. As Paul declared, a wandering Aramean was my ancestor, and so it is with us. You promised to be with us in all things, and your love endures. Through our faith in you, all things do come together for good for those who put their faith in you. And you've called us this morning. We've come together for you, beckoned by your love, affirmed in your promises. And so as we enter into the mystical communion of the Eucharist, and your promises that in the receiving of the bread and of the cup, you will always be with us. Quicken our conviction that you are here, that your everlasting love will get us through. For it's in the name of Jesus, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, in your recreating power of assurance and conviction, in that we pray. Amen. We are so grateful you took the time to listen to our podcast ministry, and we hope you found the sermon meaningful, inspiring, and thought-provoking. 
To explore our ministry offerings or to give to support this podcast ministry, please visit www.broadstreetumc.org to get plugged in. This podcast was produced by Rob Lee, a member of Broad Street United Methodist Church, and copyright all rights reserved. Peace be with you, and God bless.